and welcome to Super Boothers. I am Amber Heard's attorney's publicist, Ryan Salinas. And I guess I'm uh, Jack Sparrow, Ismail. <laughs> we, that's something I, I forgot, we never I got to, his name for a second. <laughs> that's something we never got to talk about. That whole what? mess of a trial. I didn't really follow it that closely, to be honest with you. It, I was glued to it. I watched every single flippant minute of it. And what I get a kick out of was that she, like, first of all, it was a lot of fake crocodile tears. And she was, like, crying. Like, she did this thing where, like, whenever she would, like, get asked a question she turned to the attorneys or i'm sorry to the to the jury and like would answer the question i'm like they're not asking you the question like it was like she's such a bad actress a horrible actress no wonder she got all those jobs pulled from her it was absolutely ridiculous well i'm glad to know that you spend your time very productively when we're not working i really do you know (laughs) listen it is something that is very calming and and uh, like it's like great background noise and anyways funny enough i actually had a dream about Amber Heard's attorney last night. And I'm like, Uh-oh. why is this woman in my subconscious? Well, she became like a whole star afterwards, right? She, a sensation. I don't, know about a, I don't know about a star, but most definitely Johnny Depp's attorney. Like, Camille Vasquez, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Everyone wants to be her best friend. That's what I was talking about. Who are you, who are you talking about? I was talking about the the one with the horrible haircut. Oh, never mind. Okay, She's yeah. the one that's noodling around in my head. But what I get a kick out of, so apparently this was a defamation lawsuit and Amber Heard said some horrible things about or alluded to that it was, I guess, Johnny Depp or what have you. So what I get a kick out of is she she loses the case and like the whole the whole time she's like, I just want to move on with my life. I just want to move on with my life. So it the jury comes in, not in her favor, and then she sues him again. I'm like, didn't you just say that you wanted this to go away from your life? Like, why are we still like poking at this with a stick? Some people enjoy pain. We're we're trying what we're trying to do here, Ryan, is we're 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 talking about people breaking the law. Right. And thievery and, and piracy th- and 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 illegitimacy. That's that's why I was Jack Sparrow. See, I knew we were gonna go to piracy. You see the thought that I put into these things, Ryan? So Captain really? Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean, piracy. So there you guys set you up, Ryan. We're talking about piracy. Uh I think that's a thing that a lot of the um let's say I guess the more successful boothers in our industry deal with where once you get to a certain level and you start doing cool events and activations. Uh, and you put it out there on social media, obviously, to promote your business. Uh, more of the aspiring entrepreneurs out there uh, may be tempted to, I guess, steal that content to promote their own services and their own businesses. Uh, I know, Ryan, you've experienced this. And I know that our guest that we're interviewing has experienced this as well. So I don't know, Ryan, if you want to touch into an example or if you want to just jump into introducing our guest. It is my pleasure to introduce to you from photoboothmarketing.com. Ursula McKinley. Hi. Hi. How are you both today? We're good. Awesome. Ursula, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. And uh, for everyone's reference, Ursula is behind Photo Booth Marketing along with a wonderful team that I've gotten to know uh, over the past few months. Ursula, do you mind just getting us started with, I guess, a question that we like to ask everybody is how did you first get into uh, the event industry or photo booth industry to begin with? So, um, very funny story. I worked for a PR and marketing and events agency. Well, I worked across several agencies over a 13-year period. And when I made the jump to go self-employed, my first client was a photo booth owner. And that photo booth owner was Sammy, who is now my business partner. 
And I basically started working for him and doing his marketing for his photo booth business one day a week. Um, and it, that's where it all started. So, yeah, I kind of fell into boothing. Right yeah, thing? I think a lot, a lot of people have a similar falling into it kind of beginning story. Well, I think for me, the problem I had and the reason I left the agency was because everything was going digital at the time and moving forward and content marketing had become so, so impartial to what I was doing at the time because we focused on PR and events and my boss just wouldn't listen to me when I told her we need to move into digital, we need to be moving into interactive and and she just wasn't getting it. So the fact that I started working for a photo booth company who at the time didn't realize the importance or the value of it for agencies either kind of just all fell at the right time in the right place. So how did you go from, you know, being hired by Sammy to then, I guess, where you are now with photo booth marketing, helping the industry? Um, how did it go from it? Cause then before that it was also focused on mirror booths. I guess what was the yeah. transition from being helping Sammy directly and then going into a, a bigger industry role? Well, originally how Sammy and I met was I looked after some influencers in Northern Ireland. I was their agent and he had booked one of my influencers to do a video to promote his photo booth business. So everything has always started with marketing and content marketing from the very beginning of our relationship. When I started working for him, as the business grew week on week, I had Sammy creating marketing content for the business and we only owned Mirabeth's when he was the first person to bring a Mirabeth to Ireland. When I started working for him six months in, he went, I have 20 competitors. They're all undercutting the market in terms of price. What the f- am I going to do? Was exactly what he said. Hi, Ursula, Ursula. Am I allowed to curse? Oh, I'm terrible. I'm Irish and I swear far, far too much. <laughs> you might... You might beep in this episode more than you ever beeped in your entire life. Forgot to warn you about that. Have you got the beeper ready? <laughs> I got the beeper ready. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we when we first started out, we were creating loads and loads of content because I was saying to Sammy, I need a video for this. I need to do a case study for this. I need that, you know, every week I was reaming out content for our website, content for our social media, case studies to go out to corporates. And so every week it was just constantly creating content. And people within the mirror booth um, groups on Facebook seeing the content that we were creating, seeing what we were doing within our business. And of course, lots of them were, one, either stealing that content or two, coming to Sammy and saying, can I buy that content? Or coming to me and saying, will you set up my Facebook ads? Will you help me with my website? Will you position me? Will you basically... I started working at one point I was working for 22 owners globally so my little agency that I started my own suddenly became a photo booth agency and I I have a question and I'm, I'm trying to, to stop you for a minute so the the part that I'm having an issue with is people came to you and said hey can we buy your content how like I, people I, maybe that's just a, a, a polite irish thing to do because in america they just steal it and shove it on their website and call it their own well you see the problem was they were stealing it originally and so i basically spent a year with sammy saying right well if somebody wants this then just put it out and they would message him directly and i said just charge them for it you know you yeah. have created this this is licensed professional content that's your property that you you can sell to them legally so sell it to them 
And people kind of clicked on that he was selling it, and it started to grow from there. That, to me, what I'm noticing so far is, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Sammy because he's like an, uh, ahead of the game in a number of ways. He was the first person you said to bring the mirror booth to that area. Yeah. And you even made a comment where he was hiring an influencer to promote his photo booth business, which I don't hear people do too often. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about the mindset. So how did he think of before you, you had the photo with marketing brand, how did he think about, Hey, this is my content to promote my business. I don't want anyone else to use it because they're competing with me to then thinking, you know what? It's okay if they use my content, as long as I make a, uh, I guess it's a, I would assume it's a small fee. Like how does he weigh the benefits of making money on the content versus making his competitors better? I guess is what I'm saying. Because the whole purpose of our industry is we are content creators. We go out to our clients and we sell the fact that we are going to create amazing content for their brand or for their event and give them the best experience ever. And if people are going out and promoting their business really, really badly, it makes our whole industry look bad. So Sammy and I kind of looked at it and we went, you know what, if people are positioning their business better, then they're going to get more events, they're going to make more money, they're going to increase their costs, and this is better all round. And we have to be realistic, like, this isn't heart surgery. You know, we're taking people's photos for a living. This is a fun industry, you know, and so we have to be a bit more relaxed about it. But I understand where you're coming from in terms of, well, we have spent thousands of pounds to make this promotional video and we're just going to hand it to to our competitors to let them use it I don't see it that way because I just look at it as a community and I look at the industry and how the industry can get better and as it gets better everyone does better and that was always the thinking behind it the more knowledge people have the more input they have the more help they have the better it is for the industry long term and the sustainability of the industry and people will only ever be as good you can give somebody all the tools in the world, but they're only ever as good as they're going to be if they use them. I agree with that. I think that if you're kind of like, <clears throat> if you have effectively the lowest common denominator of someone undercutting and slashing and whatever, simply because they don't have, the, you know, the tools or the resources necessary for that. And if you even the playing field, everyone's prices can go up. And one thing that I kind of got a kick out of is the glass industry. Um, I had a building where we had like these nine gigantic glass panels in front and there were a bunch of kids that I guess playing with their dad's gun, you know, yay America. And each of these glass pieces were a thousand dollars each. And what they did was they were just kind of playing around in the middle of the night and they shot out three huge things of glass. Well, Mm -hmm. the next day got it boarded up, had to call all these glass companies. All of the glass companies in this particular city were all linked together. Like they all use like the same like service. They all were like, hey, listen, everyone is everyone. We're glass. We all offer the exact same thing. Let's just combine together. And whenever they get a lead, they send it out to whoever's you know, next available or or what have you. So, you know, if you call, we were calling like four glass companies. Well, they all ended up at the same company. Yeah. I mean, if if you band together, it kind of makes more sense and everyone can get paid what they're worth effectively. Yeah. And you have to look at it from the point of view, you know, as owners, we didn't make our own booths. We've all bought them from a manufacturer. We all use software from the same software companies. We didn't make our own website. You know, we do... To save money, 
people will look at ways that they can do things within their business. And I'm a firm believer if something takes me three times longer than it's going to take me, take someone I hire to do it, then I'm going to outsource it. We just happen to be really, really good at making marketing content for our industry. But there's other people that aren't and within their business, they're not good at doing it. And we thought, well, it's better that we do it in a cost effective manner that is helpful for the industry than people stealing it from us and then us having to get really cross with them because they were going to steal it anyway if we didn't, you know. So you've got to look at it that way too. So one thing I love, um, you know, I think Ryan always mentions, we talked about content marketing over the years and Ryan mentions that we're basically in the business of creating for the end user at events, like shareable social content, I think Micro is the term. Content. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I, the other aspect of the content marketing, I think Ursula is what you guys focus on is the, content marketing to promote the actual photo booth rental business itself. So would you mind getting into that a little bit more of why that's so important? Um, what people are doing wrong there or, and what are some things that they should be doing? So I guess that's a really open-ended question to talk yeah. about content marketing from the business owner side. Well, from, from the business owner side, like content marketing in a nutshell is creating materials to stimulate interest in your business. It's not about your brand. It's not about your brand positioning. It's about creating really cool content that you can use over and over again to stimulate interest in your business, to get people attracted to you. You use it to increase brand awareness and build trust and authenticity in your brand and and reach your target audience. And the one thing that I find that so many people in our industry just don't do enough of is have emphasis on their own brand reputation. And your brand reputation, basically, if your logo is going on any piece of content that you put out, then that comes down to your brand reputation. And that's where it starts. But also people aren't identifying the target audience. So when they go out to do their content marketing, they're just firing content out from events. They're not being specific about it. You know, if you are going after a wedding the wedding market, the only content you put out in that campaign is wedding content. If you're going after a corporate, the only content you should be targeting those people with is corporate content. And it's completely different. And I think that's initially where people in our industry, first of all, come to a stumbling block because one, they go and they buy a booth, you know, and some people take their life savings and, and they buy a booth and they're told it'll market itself and they're handed a marketing folder by a company who don't do marketing and also by most of the companies don't own a rental business. So they don't understand the end user, which is the target audience. And we're not our target audience. So we have to take a step back and go, right, okay. So that 25 year old bride is not me. I have to start to think like her, what's going to engage her? What's going to stimulate interest in my business to her? Not what I think is going to stimulate her. And that is the one thing I think is key is looking before you even start to create any content for your business, choose your target audience and be very specific in how you target them. There's a couple things that you mentioned in here that I think we kind of need to unpack. And first of all is you're absolutely right with a wedding, a wedding client wants to see a wedding, a corporate client wants to see a corporate client. And not only does that go on to like the website, it most definitely goes on to even the proposal. So mm-hmm. what we have is whenever we send out quotes, we have separate quotes that are meant for weddings and separate yeah. quotes that are meant for corporate. So <clears throat> the big thing here is I don't want to show a wedding client a corporate event because she can't 
typically a corporate budget is going to be higher than hers. So if we're going to have a cool lighted dance floor and cool bars and, you know, aerial performers, she's not going to have that. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the other option is, okay, let's give her a wedding. So what we do is provide different wedding marketing videos that we've put together and yeah. only give her that content. Um, granted, funny enough, the wedding that we shot that I use for our current roaming booth is a like $450,000 wedding in Texas that happened yeah. in the middle of COVID. Literally, December 2020, it was one of the first events that we did like coming back. And actually, I think I posted it on the website before and I was like, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. People are going to be like, why are you out doing events? I was like, I got to make money. Um, no one, absolutely no one was wearing a mask at this event. And I mean, this is whenever COVID was running rampant, rampant. We did this event and I left this event and I was like, I swear I got COVID right now. I swear I got COVID right now. Did not get COVID craziest wedding. I mean, she had, um, I think she had like a little mini celebrity come to this event or whatever, but anyways, they built like a huge club. Actually, this was the weird thing was the venue that they had it at was a country club and they wouldn't let her do it inside, but they said you can build a tent. So they built this crazy ass, ridiculous, ridiculous tent to have this like huge, ridiculous wedding. She had literally $200,000 worth of flowers, like half the budget was flowers. There's like flowers dripping from everywhere. And I was like, I go, not everyone is going to have this budget, but if I'm going to like give out this content to these brides, like I want them to know like, Hey, listen, at least we're doing like this crazy, ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Cool stuff with unlimited budgets or what have you. Um, The next thing I think is really important is whenever people are, uh, buying into the photo booth business. So they are being, the, you're right. They are being fed. Hey, it's a turnkey option. You just flick it on. That's how I was sold. Yeah. And I was, I was duped. I was duped. Uh, <laughs> um, well, bec- and, and whenever we got it, and I've said this a million times, whenever we got the system, it was a Mojo system long time ago with like the arcade buttons. And whenever you were designing templates, you had to design the templates with coordinates. There was no drag and drop. There was no, you know, move your little square here and take your, no, it was like coding. Hey, this picture goes here. This picture goes here. This picture goes here. And then you had to tell the system how big each frame needed to be. It was a mess. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine people today have it so easy, so easy. (laughs) Well, this is the thing. And the innovations within the industry have just come on leaps and bounds. Even in the last six years that I have been in the industry, the changes are unbelievable. And the manufacturers and software companies are moving with the times too, in terms of their training and their support and they're doing what they can. But ultimately, their job is not to sell your photo booth. Their job is to sell you a booth or to sell you software. And then you have to go and market it. And that's where people in the industry struggle too. Because when you buy a booth, suddenly you've got to be good at IT and suddenly you've got to be good at accounts and business and marketing. And, it, and it's not just buy a booth, turn it on and go out there. It, it's a business, you know. And so I think we go back to sort of the content marketing side of things and and not being afraid to look at at other options that are there and there to help you when you're starting out. Or, for example, there's some people that I work with in the industry are just madly busy and do not have time to create their own content, you know. And that's where people were coming to me saying, can you help me with my marketing? Can you do this for me? Because they were just getting too busy that they didn't have time to do it. I was going to say, I love that you talked about the importance of figuring out who the target 
customer is. I think that's a lot of people's faults because yeah. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people just targeting their website to a certain client and all of a sudden they start getting that client a lot more. But I guess <laughs> this is probably something you've run into or so with a lot of your, your customers that voted with marketing. The people yeah. that are newer are like, I just want to take whatever I can get. You know, I'll, t- I'll do this, I'll do that. Give me, give me, give me. How do you tell that person to pause and be thoughtful about who the target user is so they can actually create appropriate content to market the company with? Well, the biggest thing for me is when somebody first buys a booth is they have to learn their software first and foremost, and they have to learn to use their equipment and choose their target market on that. So, for example, if someone's just starting out, I always recommend that they do a minimum of six months with weddings and social and get to know and really understand the booth. I mean, I wouldn't recommend anybody touches a corporate client before 18 months in this industry until they know exactly what they're doing, because we're only ever as good as our last job. You know, we market our business completely separately. We have a wedding side of the business and we have a corporate side of the business and they are completely different and they're marketed in that way and very specifically that way. I did the Super Bowl uh, with a Breeze bullet time software. I got the equipment maybe four days prior to the start of the Super Bowl or prior to our yeah. load in. And I was driving to Houston for this was Super Bowl 51. Although for the ones that only know the Super Bowls based on halftime performers, this was the Lady Gaga uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I I was learning the software on the drive down and yep. I set up the, I, I set up that corporate client and I had no clue what I was doing with the software. I had no clue what worked. I did not know how to use anything. So yep. I don't, I don't have 18 months. Um, but I will say this, the big difference is I know enough to know what I'm doing to yes. know that I don't know what I'm doing. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Like I knew that like I had the tools in software and all this stuff necessary. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit of in a different boat in this to where I think that people either sink or swim. Yeah. And there have been times where I have thrown people into the deep end and just, okay, go. And yeah. I, I think that it, it, it um, I think you should absolutely know at least the basics and know you should know enough to get into trouble. I think, I think that's, that's yeah. a little bit of panic always helped everyone. Well, one of the best things, I suppose, and this is what I would always say to any of our members, is you're never going to turn down work. If someone comes to you and they want you to do a multi-station activation for 100 grand next weekend, that's okay because we have a community of people here to help you and, and you're never going to turn down work. But the one thing we have to prepare for and get ready for as an industry is knowing when things go wrong on a job and how to overcome that with a client. You know, every job we ever do, there's something goes wrong but the client doesn't know and it's learning to do that and a lot of the people that come into the industry that I have worked with they don't have that confidence Ryan they don't have that confidence to turn on a computer and start to play with that and they also don't have the confidence to reach out and ask other people for help I you know, hope Julio does I hope Julio doesn't kill me but whenever that snap pick crash happened in December of 2018 uh I got a kick out of how many people just gave up, gave refunds. I It was just shocking to me how many people just said, nope, I'm closing up shop, end of story, and left. When that should never, ever happen. I mean, no. I, I ran a 360 event for two days for a major client in Barcelona two summers ago, and the 360 went 180 
the whole mm. weekend. The whole weekend. Did the client nice. know? No. Was I standing watching the box overheat and going, uh, mm, am I going to do? No, I got up and I smiled and I made it happen. But that's years of experience. You know, that client was paying us 10 grand. There was no way I was going to shut down the booth and refund them. Yeah. It's not happening. No. We had had a photo booth. Uh, Actually, my little brother was working this event. And granted, he shouldn't have set it up in this area. But there was like a little like, it it was like a lagoon. So it was like a man-made lake. And the power was like literally you know 50 feet in the opposite direction and i guess they gave us a power cord or whatever and he plugs it in and the photo booth doesn't work and the most i can say was that the thing was the plug had it been dead because there's no way that I, I i don't know there's no way that that thing couldn't have worked but um he ran around with that 360 the entire event and i mean just like just spinning 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 yeah <laughs> like it was, Love <laughs> it was just it was turned into a manual booth at that point but anyways that one was a mess what about in terms of uh i'm thinking back to like the in-person events that we've done ryan with people asking questions and i remember you're showing all these promo videos that you've made for your business and, and all the social content that you're pumping out. And I could just see the look of horror on everyone's faces. Cause the most common resistance people have is like, how do I, okay, I understand it's important content marketing. We, we covered that, but there's a lot of work involved in constantly creating and churning yeah, out that content. How it's do you respond job. to that? Yeah. That kind of rebuttal. I mean, it's a full-time job. I think that once you get to the point of like the way how it used to work is, you know, we would go to, and I did this talk in Australia where I showed how I make my marketing videos. Like I did a step-by-step thing and we did like a little five minute film school on how to, you know, get some of like the cool shots and in camera effects and all that stuff. And I went to film school in college and that's kind of what I did. Um, So it's kind of nice that I can be able to use this stuff now. However, what I was just going to say that the, the thing that stands out to me also is that if, if everyone is resistant or unable to do it, it probably makes it even more impactful if you actually manage to do it. Uh, yeah, you'd stand abso- out because no one else is actually pumping out all that kind of. No, content. absolutely not. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of set us apart in the beginning. Uh, or maybe not in the beginning, probably in the middle. Um, but but the, but but the big part of it was. It was its own job. So I, I couldn't expect any other person to, hey, can you film some stuff while you're there? It doesn't work like that. So we had, uh, for example, we did a big zoo event. We have, uh, I think, like four people working that one. So we had one doing roaming, two operating the 360, and then one person helping with the sharing station and helping people you know, get their content and get their video or whatever we had to have an extra, an extra person come in only do the film for it. So they're filming all the stuff left and right, bring all the video in on Monday, put it all in the computer, start to edit it, pick the music. And then it comes out with like this, you know, huge video. And it, it, it takes a whole day. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing I think that people don't understand is that it takes some time to kind of turn this stuff out. So Ursula, as I'm sure you understand that very well as a company focused on content creation, yeah. um, is that is that a common thing you run into with customers or photo boothers? That oh, how do I manage? I understand that it's important, but how do I manage to do all this? Yeah, it's one of the biggest problems that people have, and essentially where our business came from because people don't have time to do it. And so we make sure that we're producing content that shows people having fun with the experience. It's going to drive 
stim and, and stimulate interest in someone's business without us selling their end product. So essentially, you're selling the experience, but it's up to them to then ultimately use output from their events and case studies of the actual people they've worked with or blog posts on the weddings that they've done in the venues that they work in, you know. And so that's where we're giving them the foundations to work with. And then we're also showing them all the little bits they need to learn to do or get good enough at or get good enough at selling the business that they can hire someone else to do it. Because it is. I mean, Sammy hired me into his business because he didn't know how to market his business. He knew he needed to do content. He knew he needed to do something to promote it. But that was as far as it got. He didn't know then what to do with that content, you know. And so there's those two sides to it. And it is, I go back to the statement of when you start a business and you're an entrepreneur, you become everything within the business until you grow it to a point where you can start to grow a team and hire people or bring in freelancers to do that stuff for you. And that's really difficult for anyone and everyone starting out in our industry. Well, I shouldn't say everyone because that's not true. There will be some people that will come in and automatically buy five booths and hire a full team because they have the finance to do that. But most people coming into our industry start this as either they want to leave their full-time job or they're doing it as a sideline to build a business to walk away from a job or they're building it for their kids or you know when we look at how the industry most people start their objective is to start a business and they are on their own and they've usually really heavily invested into the products and the software and then the marketing is secondary they don't even have a business plan you know so it's for taking it back to the marketing side of things you have to do your business plan and you have to know what target audience you're going after in order to be able to make the right content to move forward. Yeah, I, I think it, also if I remember, I'm trying to remember back to things I've heard, but to drill home the importance of the content marketing, are there examples of people that have used uh, certain kinds of content to book certain kinds of jobs successfully? I think I remember uh, you mentioning a specific one with a Santa Globe. Uh, that book would be a big event. So are there any examples like that to just drill the importance home of how critical it is to have content marketing for your business? Yeah, well, so I'll give you an example. One of our members, so during um, COVID, actually, we created a Santa AR for all of our members. So we spent the $15,000 and we hired the best Santa that we could find in the whole of Europe. And we got him into the studio and we filmed him and we put together the whole AR everything from start to finish so every aspect that people needed to to use and at the time we were still only mirror booths so they could take that AR and put it into their mirror but we also created the branded proposal for them to pitch it to clients so I wrote the proposal we had the mock-ups done we had the 3D mock-ups and I step by step took our members through the exact process of starting to research the right places to target with this how to target them, what to say, what to do then, how to price it. And so everything from start to finish. And one of our members, and she is the nicest lady in Canada, Cindy and Ray, like she sat with me at PBX the year that was what, was it 2020? We went into lockdown. I forget now. Yeah. So she sat with me at PBX and cried and went, my husband bought this mirror and it hasn't been out the door and I don't know what to do with it. And she was absolutely in bits. And eight months later, that woman's running three AR activations at her super biggest supermarkets or biggest uh, shopping centers. She did it last Christmas and she's booked again for this Christmas. You know, Who's crying now? 
Exactly. And somebody in her area told her that they would never use my services because uh, it wasn't very good and that they shouldn't be using other people's content and bloody, bloody, blah. Anyway, moving on, you know, so you have to look at it and go when you have the right content and you have the right support and the right training and the bigger thing I'm going to say, and you're prepared to put in the work, anything is achievable, you know, and now she knows what goes into looking at corporate clients and doing the research of who you want to go after, how to put together a proper branded proposal, you know, and getting those mock-up done. And, and that whole process and that training is there that she can go off and she can do that for any client. You know, also and we, the, big, the, the big thing here is I think that people don't understand is spending the money. Yeah. Like, like I actually think I saw something a couple of days ago where someone was like, if you have like $3,000, what what do you do with it? And he was like, spend it on yourself. Like that's just <laughs> your three thousand dollars isn't going to solve any problem. So you might as well just put it, you know, back into the business or back into whatever. I think that I I always overstaff at events. I would yeah. rather have people twiddling their thumbs and doing nothing. I think that if you're also going to put the money into creating the activation, yes, get the best Santa in all of Europe. Like that's yeah. how you do this stuff. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like. Creating content is not cheap. You know the amount of work that goes in, not only the time, like some of the videos we've created for content, because a lot of our content is studio-based. You know, it's not always at our events because a lot of our events, we're under NDA or we can't actually put the content or people haven't signed the waivers. So we have to be very specific. And a lot of the time we go and we will create content in the studio or like some of the venues we hired over the years were five grand for the venue and then you had to get extra crew and models in. And people don't always have that money to do that and go that far. But that's where we kind of come in and went, well, we can do this for people and we can give you the advice and, and make it cost effective because we know ultimately it's helping to grow the industry. Because if people have the right content and they're positioning our industry and our services properly and charging the right prices, then it's just a win-win for everybody across the entire industry. That's another thing that I think that people shouldn't also be afraid to do is if you are in your you know, local town or what have you, I'm sure there is a venue that would love to have your 360 in there as like a styled shoot. And there are plenty of ways that you can do this stuff for you know next to no money. Yeah. I think that part of it is just asking and sending out emails and you know going to you know a museum hey can y'all do this and can you would you be open to letting us do it in exchange we'll give you the videos for it that you can use for you know your marketing stuff i think that most of the stuff is very symbiotic yeah and the biggest thing is build relationships with your local vendors you know have a look at your local uh, wedding magazines and online magazines and blogs and and look at who they're working with and when they're doing style shoots and, and start to collaborate with people and come together because you're all small business owners at the start and so you all need help to do these things and and there's no reason why you can't work together to do that like one of the first things I ever train anyone on when they come in for mentorship with me is I say a wedding expo is going to cost you $5,000 to do it properly. Like, let's be realistic. By the time you pay for the expo, by the time you dress your booth, by the time you do something really cool for your market and then you get merchandise printed and all that kind of stuff, you're talking minimum $5,000. But if you go to your local bridal store and offer to do a pop-up at the end of the month to give them an in-store activation specifically exclusively for them and they get the brand awareness and the content from it and you get to talk to a specific target audience on site it's a personal experience there and then you will get more bookings from it than doing a massive expo that's cost you a fortune 
you know there's ways to do everything and then utilize every event you do try to get some kind of content from it always try and get testimonials and reviews from the clients you know all of those things are simple things that don't cost you money but you just have to put the work in and ask the questions same thing with free events like if you do a free event that's fine that's just a place to experiment with whatever it is you're working on yeah and I totally agree with that too, so long as, well, I never actually ever, ever do free events. I do them at cost price because I think once you go into the word free, people never see your value. So I always do cost price. I always charge them for design work and I always charge them for media, but I will give the equipment and our time um, for an event. So we still always get something out of it to make sure because otherwise, you know what it's like, Ryan, you get event planners and People will come to you and go, oh, this is really good exposure for your brand. And you're going, yeah, but that doesn't pay my bills. So, <laughs> well, I think that I think I think that for me, if I'm going to do a like a nonprofit, for example, like I'll only do it for a charity or what have you, because yeah. I think that the difference between free and cost just isn't anything for me. So I think I'm just going to. Yeah just do it straight up free and, you know, put whatever time or whatever into it. Because I think that for us, it's just, um, I don't know, I think it's just more beneficial. Uh, but I would only do it for, you know, a nonprofit or a charity and I'm not doing it for anyone that has actual money. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and it comes down to two. There's sometimes you can look at an event and go, this would give me really, really good marketing content. So sure. I'm going to do it as part of my marketing budget every year. You know, so it's weighing those things up and, and being very clear. And again, that comes down to your business planning. Hey, Ursula, one last thing that, um, because we, we've, you know, I think effectively drilled uh, home the importance of content marketing. <laughs> but one last thing I'm curious to hear about from you is over the years of helping people and growing a large customer base, I'm sure you'd see certain customers that are successful in growing their business, you know, much more than everybody else. And certain people that, that just don't, get it or don't get there. What do you think are like the things that stand out to you as qualities or things that the successful people do versus the people that don't? Consistency. It, it comes down to consistency. I think the guys that we work with that actually listen and take all the tools that we give them and put it into practice and keep putting it into practice because a lot of people, what they do is when they start a business, They'll do a massive launch and they'll do all this marketing to start with and then they get a bit busy and then they forget to do their marketing. And so there's no consistency. And then when things get slow, they maybe do another little blast and, and they get a wee bit busy. Or, but whereas if you look at it as a strategy and you're consistent in everything in your business and you do a little bit every single day, then you'll see growth. But the other thing too, I think, is tracking and monitoring what you're doing you know, more targeted in terms of if you have spent $2,000 on your website, how many leads is it driving? You know, is it working for your business? If you're out there doing social media every week, well, what return are you getting on it? You know, it's all well and good me saying, yeah, go out and do something every day, but that something has to convert and you have to be monitoring what you're doing and what's working and what's not working and change it up and, and innovate and move forward because everything changes constantly. Like marketing is a science and it's it's not a difficult science, though. This is the one thing I will say. A lot of it is very much common sense or just taking the time to look at it and say, OK, so I'm going to focus on 
for example, we're about to go into bridal booking season again. So the whole of September and October should be focused on bridal booking season, whereas a lot of people take those months and they're focusing on the holiday season. Well, that's not right because holiday season is now. This is when people are thinking about those corporate holiday parties. Any of the large brand activations have already set their budgets and probably already decided what they're doing. You know, so it's knowing when to do things and to be consistent in what you're doing. And that's the people that are successful and innovating within their marketing and innovating within their own business and what they're doing because your content marketing is about showcasing what you do and and how good you are at doing it so that people come to you and say oh I'd love you to do this for me or can you show me examples of other things that you have done you know we have sort of shaken up our business over the last six months and instead of selling for years we sold the booth you know everybody that messaged our wedding side of the business would have you got a selfie mirror yes we've got lots of selfie mirrors but what we do now is we actually have turned it on its head where we sell an experience and not a booth because the booth is only our tool. So we sell the actual experience. So whether that be glam or whether that be neon or whether, you know, it's actually looking at the experience. And it means we can take any booth and use any software to to give the end product to the client what they want, you know. And so it's innovating and constantly moving forward and looking at your market and staying on top of that. Ursula, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. We appreciate it. If you want to learn more, you can visit the website at www.photoboothmarketing.com. Yeah, Ursula, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone understands the importance of content marketing your business. And I think very quickly, one important thing that you said earlier that I forgot to emphasize is uh, the book, The E-Myth Revisited, talks about why so many small businesses fail. And it's essentially what you said, where someone who's a good baker starts a bakery. And they don't realize that there's all these other elements that they need to do. It's not just baking. And I think you hit it home as well. It's not just about the booth. It's the content marketing. It's the business as well. And I think you guys at Photo Booth Marketing help people do that. So hopefully people check your site out. Thanks, Ursula. Thanks Thanks very much. much. We'll, We'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,